I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon to you. It's a Monday. I'm Nadine Blaney. I'm Danny Akuye. It's the 22nd of January. Um, look, but it was a positive day for the local market, Absolutely. Danny. Absolutely. I'm going to call it a very happy Monday. And there we have the SIBO 200 up by almost 10 points or 7 tenths of a percent. And the ASX 200 currently up around 47 points or also just over 6 tenths of a percent. So it was a good follow on from Wall Street, which we'll take. Yeah, we will take. So we did see... Well, not all tech names. We'll get there in a moment, but a lot of tech names doing well today here locally. I thought it was interesting as well, though, Danny, to see the consumer discretionary sector at one stage leading the market higher. Absolutely. And that's even with that confession coming from baby bunting. Absolutely. It's, um, yeah, I'm just going to check those sectors because it was very, very strong. We had the likes of Wes Farmers and also Aristocrat really, really pulling the consumer discretionary stocks higher today. Mm -hmm. But also IDP Education um, also was part of the party, which we'll come to in terms of the leaders and the laggards. But it's fair to say, it was a bit hit and miss today in the market, wasn't it, Nadine? But we, maybe we should move on to the uh, three themes and uh, we can run through some of those because there was a lot of heartache in lithium. There sure lithium was. losers, wasn't there? Lion Town. So gave an update on its Kathleen Valley. It's had some of its funding pulled uh, for that project. So it looks as if, you know, it will not be expanding as had been expected. We had Andrew Forrest saying that he was going to shutter WA Mines. Yeah, his nickel mine, Wailu, exactly. And uh, we also, it was really across the whole space. Um, We'll get to some of the corporate news, but basically uh, South 32 had a miss in terms of its copper production and uh, Pilbara, across the board, all of those uh, lithium players were down heavily. But the you tra- spoke with the wait because we were chatting off fair. We did have a, a CEO of a small lithium. Was it an explorer? Still? Yes, 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 it's a little baby explorer and rocking up, fronting the media today. When all I know the poor guy, smashed. the poor guy was a bit sort of like, "Wow, you're brave today." But nevertheless, <laughs> you can check out that interview as well. Now, tech—it really was unfortunately a tech tragedy, almost of. Macbethics sort of uh, proportions. Appen has just for investors been one of, as you were discussing uh, earlier on today, One of the wax stocks that has waned. Yes, certainly so. Remember wax? Well, even if that uh, monkey still existed, Appen would no longer be a part of it. Google cancelling with no notice uh, all of its dealings with the company and uh, all those cancellations happening by March the 19th. I mean, this is something that I 
think it would be very difficult for the company to recover from after raising so much capital. About $90 million last yeah. year, $60 million in May and uh, another $30 million in November. They're talking about now registering losses. They do say they've got around $320 million on the balance sheet. But Nadine, the real question is, how do you recover when your largest clients, and they were very reliant mm -hmm. on Facebook, Meta, and Google, and one of your largest ones walks away? Does it actually prove up your... Moat? Well, certainly not. Okay, We're, that's the stock of the day. So we'll, we'll let some of the experts weigh in on that one as well. Um, Boisterous Bank. So Michael Gable from uh, from Fairmont Equities was in for the trade today. Uh, you know, I think it's sort of flown on the radar how strong, uh, you know, the likes of CBA are doing. Absolutely. Had a great conversation with him and uh, really interesting because CBA is closing out at $114.54, a new record high. And of course, in the US, the banks were very, very strong because they were looking mm -hmm. at the yield curve re-steepening, which is good for the banks. But there's really, from a fundamental basis, a lot of the analysts are sitting there scratching their heads going, why are the banks performing so strongly? But now CBA's broken out. And of course, that means the momentum traders and the technicians get involved. Yeah, I spoke with Chad Padowitz from Telaria Capital today about the US banks and bank reporting season and reporting season in the US in general. That's up online if you'd like to have a listen to that. Back to what happened today, though, and as far as the sectors, we've already foreshadowed that the retailers were the best performing sector, even by the end of the session. So that's an interesting one to keep an eye on there. Um, taking a look at some of the staples, they did well as well today. So also helping to push this market higher. And of course, you cannot look through the financials that we were just mentioning. Uh, I suppose on the flip side of things, lithium not looking too crash hot. In fact, looking pretty terrible if you look at Pilbara Minerals. I started the day with a conversation from, with a Mark Gardner from uh, MPC Markets. You know, he still very much likes Pilbara. Yeah, I think it's, I also had a great conversation um, in the open as well, discussing about if you want to venture into the resources space at the moment, particularly in a lot of these metals and lithium and critical minerals, it is at the moment an oversupplied situation. And it is going to take time for the industries to rationalize for mm -hmm. supply to come off stream. And uh, my guest made a really good point, uh, and his name just escapes me very briefly, it'll come to me in a second, mm -hmm. about the fact that nobody would buy Paladin any Energy at 13 cents about five years ago. So just bear that in mind, folks. Uh, these are very, very cyclical and not for the faint-hearted okay. sometimes. Some of these defensive uh, areas in the market were weaker as well. So utilities, um, look, only one of two sectors that were lower, and that included materials for the aforementioned reasons. Um, because, yeah, we're in the production reporting season, you could call it that. We heard from South 32 today, cutting production guidance, also 50% plunge in second quarter met coal, Tough being a miner these days. Absolutely. And Linus, actually, the results weren't that bad, but it has seen a 50% drop in second quarter revenue on the back of that fall in underlying prices, as well as planned shutdowns at Malaysia. And uh, that stock off by just over 1.6%. Yeah, baby bunting, first half sales and profits falling amid what it describes as 
challenging condition, so it put out some unaudited numbers ahead of its results that come through next month. But it did talk up marketing around Black Friday and Cyber Monday being positive. <laughs> you know, go figure. That's really taken hold here. Yeah, and as we touched on earlier, Lion Town, their flagship project, Kathleen Valley, um, the funding for that has actually been pulled by the banks. So they're exploring different ways of how they can now move ahead with the project. And uh, remember Arbor Lion Town. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, and of course they sold as well. So 94 cents down 21% today. Yeah, and then uh, Commonwealth Bank. So um, it it's, uh, yeah, continuing to go from strength to strength to strength. So it's just a point that Morningstar has made that they're just concerned about net interest rate margins yeah. and ongoing pressure there on the NIM. Um, and uh, yeah, I think analysts just generally concerned that loan growth may not be as robust. And if the cycle turns, you could actually have an upturn in terms of more bad debts. Okay, back to Appen though. It says that it's going to be looking to readjust its strategic priorities on the news that came through today. Uh, it will provide those further details at its results on the 27th of February. And now let's get to our guest for the COB today. And Josh Gilbert from eToro joins us now. Hey, Josh, thanks so much for joining us on this. Well, interesting Monday. How are you digesting all this volatility? Can you hear us, yeah. Josh? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Apologies. Um, yeah, look, I think, you know, again, we're, we're sort of getting back into the mix of things again. We obviously got a, you know, real strong sentiment coming from Wall Street, you know, the S&P 500, the Nasdaq both hitting record highs uh, last week. And I think it's just this broad view now that um, investors are taking that rate cuts are on the way. You know, investors are expecting four to five rate cuts, you know, in the US this year. I think that an unemployment print that we got here last week also sort of brings forward um, you know, that expectations of cuts here, it, it pretty much draws a line in the sand, I think, for the RBA. Uh, we saw a couple of um, changes to uh, calls last week, you know, moving from a hike in February to, you know, basically saying the RBA is is sort of done. Uh, so I think that focus now shifts to when we're going to get that first rate cut. Is it going to be sort of June? Is it going to be August? So I think there's plenty of positivity to take from markets at the moment. I mean, uh, how can you not be positive when you're seeing two global stock markets hitting record highs? Hmm, okay, um, Josh, we've got Tesla this week. Um, you know, this is coming amidst uh, AI push there that is going to be controlled if he gets his way by Elon mm. Musk. But a lot of people in the market are saying Mag7 looking good minus Tesla. So what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's a big week for, for earnings, really steps up a notch. Um, but Tesla is, is sort of disappointed out of that, you know, Magnificent Seven. They missed expectations twice out of those three quarters so far in 2023. So investors are going to be hoping for a bit of a win to round off 2024. And, and we spoke about volatility there, and, and we see plenty of volatility from Tesla around earnings. You know, uh, in the last sort of 10 years, we see about an average of about an 8% move after the results. So again, you know, big moves and, and no wonder because, um, you know, we've always got Musk, uh, you know, at the center of things causing uh, most of that volatility. But we're obviously coming off the back of what was a record uh, 2023 for deliveries. You know, he we missed Musk's target, but they set a new record. But then also at the same time, lost that crown to sort of BYD for uh, electric vehicle sales in the process. Um, 
you know, much of, of those deliveries have obviously come from price cuts, um, those aggressive price cuts, but also at the same time, that's been detrimental to margins. So that's probably going to be the focus in Q4 as it has been, I think, uh, for most of the sort of the, the 2023 year, it's going to be on margins. Um, and we saw more price cuts from Tesla uh, in Q4 through through the US and in China as well. So I think the, the big focal point here is can we sort of see that that bleeding stemmed on margins? Are we seeing the you know margins sort of bottoming out? I think that's really what investors will want to see. They they aren't going to want to see 2024 start with you know far, further pain to margins. Um, and if we get a miss on margins, you're going to see some more of that volatility, and you're going to see the stock you know really go into reverse. Um, you know if we if we get a miss there. Uh, last week, we had great results out of TSMC, which took, of course, all the chip stocks higher and uh, some new records there for AMD and NVIDIA. As uh, one guest is putting it to me, is it that show me the money year when it comes to these AI stocks, Josh? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we sort of started to see, you know, the, those companies involved with AI really start to, to sort of flex the, the cash that, that AI can make towards the end of last year. You know, I think Microsoft and NVIDIA were probably those names really that, that sort of stood out, really started to show us that AI wasn't just hype, but, you know, a, um, you know, a revolutionary technology that can make companies some serious cash. And that showed up again, obviously, last week with TSMC as well. Obviously, Microsoft is is probably going to be the the next name really that we look to in terms of that AI value. Um, you know, they've had a terrific run over the last twelve months. They've sort of really got on board with OpenAI pretty early, and obviously, ChatGPT, as we know, has sort of taken the world by storm as well. So I think that's going to be really interesting to sort of see the demand for AI. Um, how um, you know we're, we're really seeing, and I think consumers, you know, take to AI as well, given that they've sort of rolled out their Copilot AI subscription service as well. Um, so I think Microsoft is really being that next test in terms of that that AI um, sort of trend as we head into sort of what is a, a pretty big earning season. Um, and so far has been a pretty poor earning season, I would say. Yeah. All right, um, Josh. Look, thank you. Short and sweet today. Really appreciate your time. Have a good Monday evening. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a great week. Josh Gilbert there from eToro there. So what led this market by the end of the session? Danny, uh, let's see. We've got Polynovo. Yeah, it really looks like Polynovo leading the charge up by almost 10%. Then A2 Milk up by over 6 star. Entertainment 4.6 IDP. Similarly, 4.6% and Life 364.5. My only observation there, Nadine, it looks like the laggards are rallying really hard. <laughs> yeah, uh, sort of a motley crew there, it is isn't it? Yeah, it's a very motley crawl. But of course, when we look at the laggards, not for the faint-hearted, Liontown, of course, winning the 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 uh, I suppose the the lift down, mm -hmm. but off by twenty one percent. We've spoken about that. And uh, iron ore has been coming under a bit of pressure. Mineral resources down by about ten percent. You can see there's a, th a very clear theme there that that is all in the mining space, and particularly when it comes to those exposed. To lithium, small to mid cap. Well, this is the first time I've checked in on this today. Austin Engineering. Well, I did notice that there was a note out by Philip Pepe from Sean Partners. Didn't have a chance to read it though. Uh, but share price doing very well. Um, must have had an announcement possibly to end last week. Let's flip the page, see where the laggards are coming through. And Cooper Energy. Yeah, that was um, one of the big falls that came through today. It did update the market. And right. when I'm trying to remember exactly 
What happened? It, it shares plunged 24%. Yeah, decommissioning costs blowing out there. So being punished by the market. But but no company was punished really to the extent that Appen was. Yeah, absolutely, which of course was stock of the day. So let's have a listen to what Daniel Ortiz from Stock Doctor and David Lane from Audmanet had to say on Appen. If I held the shares, quite simply, look, I, I probably would have been long gone a long time ago. But at this point, you know, the business not only is its revenues going down, but it's losing clients. Um, you know, you, you simply can't be invested in this. There might be a bounce. We know how share markets operate, um, but the business model is effectively broken. It's not making cash. When will it have to raise again? That's the question. So, no, I, I don't think there's much of an adage to be in this one. Effectively, you know, we all know how markets operate, like I said. Yeah. Will it have a bounce? It could even go up 50%. But would I want to be in this? There's just no chance. A long-suffering shareholder of it, but uh, okay. there's probably not much point selling out now. But, um, yeah, as Daniel said, this sort of stock, there could be a bounce at some point in time but it's not one that I'd be putting any new money into. Right, so there you go. That is a verdict on Appin, and you can catch that entire episode of The Call. It's online now. You just have to go up to the top of the website and look for The Call under Series, one of the ways in which you can get to that program. And Polly Novo, I was trying to think of what happened, and they did come out with some numbers, a bit of a trading update, so unaudited ahead of reporting season, but flagging that um, revenue, half yearly revenue was up, I think it was 65%. Correct, up 65%. So and pretty positive. Um, yeah, record first half sales up 54% and US sales up 41%. So really, really robust there. And uh, just worth noting that EBITDA, EBIT and NetPat, all positive. Yeah, so, um, you know, shareholders did suffer last year, it must be said. Um, I think the stock was down by about 18%. So look, uh, look, we'll, we'll take the gains where we can get them. Um, tonight, there's not a lot on. There's sort of no. a leading index type thing happening in the United States, but it does get more interesting here, at least tomorrow. Absolutely. So NAB Business Confidence. And uh, just worth noting that the Bank of Japan has their two-day meetings, their policy meetings. No expected changes there. And we are going to continue with all those quarterly reports with the likes mm -hmm. of uh, Luca and Coronado coming out. Yeah, it just sort of keeps our muscles limber <laughs> before we get to reporting season when we get these quarterly productions ahead of that. Okay, the uh, the final trades have gone through the S&P ASX 200 and drum roll please, 7,477, let's call it that, up by three quarters of 1%, Danny. Absolutely, and just having a look at the futures, the minis are all really, really positive and last time I checked, the little Aussie battler was under a little bit of pressure. So I think it really is going to be a case with all these earnings results coming through over in the US and also these reports in Australia. Mm -hmm. Show me the money. Show me the money. And boy, if we can uh, just stick with the financial papers and avoid some of the DeSantis Trump news, I'll be happy. There, well, between the Middle East and US politics, it's it's enough to make Live. one retire to bed with a stiff drink. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, have a good Monday evening. We really look forward to seeing you. We are live from 10 o'clock Tuesday. Have a great evening.